my best friend But most of all You're my best friend But most of all You're my best friend Brother Looper's going to come. Let's help him preach this morning. Brother Looper, preach to us. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. 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 It's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you're really glad to be in church, really clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for His goodness and mercy and blessing us and allowing us to be in His house to worship, to praise, and to magnify His name. Lord bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. Good to see everyone that is in the house of the Lord today. And uh, so glad that you came to be with us in God's house. Did it rain yesterday at anybody's house? Anybody's yard need watering today? Boy, the Lord's got a good sprinkler system. We found that out the last couple of weekends. And uh, I'm just glad that Tent Revival was last weekend and not this weekend. We just thought last weekend was bad. And uh, thought we was going to have to have a boat to get out of the house yesterday. And uh, But thank God for His goodness and mercy. He knows just what we need. Amen. Be careful when you pray for rain. About two weeks ago, people were saying, oh, it's so dry. We need a rain. We need a rain. I think you can relax on that prayer right now and uh, pray that we don't get washed away. But God is good to us, and He knows just what we need, and thank God for His blessings. Amen. How many is thankful for the blessings of the Lord? Praise God. Praise God. We want to welcome all of our guests that's in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we are so glad that all of you are here. Good to see Diane in church today. And uh, so thankful for what God is doing in her family. Amen. God is a good God. Amen. We're just expecting all of them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. She knew when she walked in this morning she is coming into the danger zone. But uh, we're glad that she's here in the house of God today. And uh, so thankful for that. 
And uh, <clears throat> it's so good to see Sister Sonia's sister in the house of the Lord with us today. And uh, don't, don't get upset at me if I can't remember everybody's name. I was trying to remember names that you were setting by guests, and I couldn't even remember everybody's name that you were setting by. And I hope I do a little better on my sermon this morning. But good to see those who are here with Wesley in the house of the Lord. And uh, good to see the young lady with Sister, uh, our young man with Sister Jean, and the young lady with Sister Joy today. Good to see Dolly in the house of the Lord today. And uh, good to see Austin here. And uh, good to see Brother Mickey in the house of the Lord today. And uh, so thankful for everyone that is in God's house. And uh, I find this, <laughs> well, I won't even say that, but probably not politically correct, but it's good, uh, good to have God in the house of the Lord. And uh, what's the house of God without God being here? Good to have the Atkins family here with us today. Enjoyed the word of the Lord. So if you don't get anything out of the message that I have to preach to you this morning, we've already heard from God once. Amen. Thank God for His word and uh, His blessings. I want to make a few announcements before I get into the Word of the Lord. One is uh, Wednesday night at 7.30, the Conqueror's Quartet will be here with us, so be inviting people to that. And uh, we're going to have a great time of singing. We're having a singing Wednesday night, and uh, so we're looking forward to that. So invite people. Some people might not come to church because of the preaching, so the preaching won't be happening Wednesday night. So bring them to church to enjoy the singing. And uh, they're wonderful singers. Uh, just so happen they all are uh, ministers of the gospel. And uh, so they will, don't tell them, but there probably will be a little bit of uh, preaching uh, in between those songs. But I know a preacher can't get behind the pulpit without preaching a little bit. So remember that. That'll be Wednesday night at 7.30. And I wanted to remind you, uh, we have uh, tried to do some different things with outreach, and we're going to be uh, moving into those areas very soon. But uh, if anyone's been over at the gym, they notice that we bought uh, a lot of water, and uh, we got uh, got hope. It's got hope water, and uh, so when you see the preacher up here drinking out of one of those bottles that's got hope, you can say we got hope that he's going to quit eventually. But <clears throat> anyway, but. That water is for advertisement and for passing out. If you want to get some and pass it out, you're welcome to do so. But please don't be just getting it, drinking it yourself and enjoying it yourself. Go go buy some at Walmart or somewhere because it did uh, cost. And uh, we're so thankful that someone has uh, stepped up and took that cost upon their self and paid for that. And we appreciate it very much. But it still was not free. And uh, so let's, uh, let's do what we can to promote the gospel of Christ and uh, maybe get someone to the house of God with that advertisement. Also, um, we are, I, I was going to cook a few turkeys this year, and uh, so the Lord has blessed us with a few more. So that few is being just 600 that I'm going to cook this year. And uh, so we'll be starting on that, not this week, but the following week. I'll probably be cooking Thursday also, but uh, we'll be starting cooking next week, a week from tomorrow. And uh, we will have, it looks like we might, we might have, possibly could have, 
there's a good chance that we would have somewhere around 150 that um, we do not have uh, for large customers that are sold. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Brother Billy Dan was sending us turkeys, and I told him I needed 500 when he asked how many we needed. And uh, he said, well, he said he'd send 600, so we got an extra 100. So thank him for doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> Appreciate that very much. So if you, if you do want one, if you would do this for me, if you would, you don't even know this yet, but if you would see Sister Jessica and uh, get her, uh, your name on the list. Now when they're gone, they're gone. I shall not cook another one. So remember that. So if you want a turkey, you better, you better fess up today. You don't have time to change your mind. And uh, to think about it or ponder it or kind of kick it around. But the price on the turkeys are $30 and not $25. And uh, some, uh, I know that's, that just blows you out of the water on that. But if you notice, a lot of things have went up. And uh, there's no use. I, I, you say, well, we got them free. So we, well, we could sell them. I guess we could give them away since somebody gave them to us. But that's not the purpose. And uh, so if you go anywhere else to buy one, you're going to pay a lot more than that. Plus, it ain't going to be near as good. Amen. And so <clears throat> remember that. Good to see Brother Mike and Sister Debbie in the house of the Lord with us today. Been missing them. They've been under the weather. Glad that they're able to be in the house of God today. So remember those announcements, and uh, let's get into the Word of the Lord. If you will, stand for the reading of God's Word. First, we're going to go to the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Then I want you to go to Joshua chapter number 4. Joshua chapter number 4. Again, Brother Atkins, thank you for the Bible lesson this morning. Great Word of God. I believe every word of it. Amen. How about you, church? Amen. Let's practice it. Let's put it into operation in our life. Hebrews chapter 11 and Joshua chapter number 4. And uh, I know we have an evangelist here. We've had an evangelist for quite some time. And uh, this is not putting down on him. I just told him last night uh, for the last few days I felt a message on my heart. And uh, I felt like preaching it to you today. Put up those cell phones. And uh, I felt like preaching it to you today, so I'm going to do what I can to deliver to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. I feel I have, I have a message that the Lord has laid on my heart for this church today, and I want to do my best to obey God. And we do appreciate uh, Brother James uh, driving for us the other night, going to Melville. I think we got home at 5 o'clock in the morning, but he did not have any trouble going to sleep. He was quite entertained. Brother James got introduced to a whole new line of music on the way home. And uh, so he's going to take his new iPhone and go to iTunes and download some new, new music for him to listen to. So we had a great time. And uh, not too many people slept on the bus on the way home. But uh, we had a great time at the youth rally. Great word of God. Appreciate the young people who went. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse number 21, and uh, I'm going to read there one passage of Scripture, very, 
Very familiar passage of Scripture. I've heard Brother Duplessis preach from this text multiple, multiple times. And uh, says, By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Now, if you'll turn over into your Bibles back to the Old Testament, Joshua chapter number 4, verse number 6 and verse number 7. The Scripture said that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Now listen to what it says very closely here. I've never caught this in the Scripture until this morning in uh, reading back over my notes for the second time. That the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel. How long? How long? How long? That's very important to what I've got to preach to you today. Lord bless you for standing. You may be seated. Now, I feel uh, very strongly about what I've got to preach today, and I feel it is very important to us. And I'll tell you at the start of this, I am not in a hurry. I hope you ate breakfast this morning, but I will be through before 12 o'clock. Now, that is one hour from now, and I promise you I will be through before then. But I want your attention and I want you to listen to what I have to say. I've had some that called me this morning that was not able to be here. I have never done this before in my life. But I said, uh, you may be sick and not able to be in church, but I want you to get your computer or your phone, and I want you to turn, tune in to the broadcast. So I hope the broadcast is working this morning on the Internet. Thank you, Brother Charles, for doing that. And I've, I feel like I have a message for us today. I want to talk to you from this subject, stories and blessings. Stories and blessings. I, I remember an old, I'd say old now, probably back in the 80s, so to some of you that's very ancient, because some of you were not even blessed to be around in the good old 80s. And uh, but but there was a song that was very popular at that time. A country song was not religious, but had great lyrics to it. And I think the title of the song, maybe it was not the title, but it was the message of the song. Says, "Grandpa, tell me about the good old days." And uh, I can remember them singing that at my daddy's funeral in '99. And uh, I, I have thought many times about the message of that song. That message in that song is not politically correct at all for the day and the hour that we are living in. But it talks about uh, falling in love. And it says, did 
families or did people really fall in love to stay? Did uh, daddies never go away? And it's a person talking to their grandpa, and evidently they're going through some troubled times in their life, a child going through troubled times of separation and divorce and the, the things of life that take place at times. And it says, would you remind me and go back and tell me about the good old days? Amen. I think it is very important in life that we, and I, I said this the other night at the youth rally, that we study and we go back and we look at history and see what history tells us. And we study the history of the church. And I've been going over some things. Brother Richard Wybarbo gave me some some documents on some things that happened years ago in the church. And uh, I think it's very important that we study that to where we would never repeat it again. And uh, But there are some things that we study in history that we will repeat. We study the Word of God to show ourselves approved of workmen rightly dividing the Word of truth, where we'll know what the truth is. And we'll understand the truth and we will obey the truth. Truth is very important. And I'm always reminded of, of uh, the words that are penned on the church in Port Arthur by Brother Burr. It says something like this, When truth no longer means everything, truth no longer means anything. And I believe that this truth should mean the absolute world to us. Amen. Amen. And I... I heard something that the preacher said the other night that stuck out to me at the youth rally. He said that he always, when he was raising his children and now his grandchildren, he would rather them fail in school than fail for living for God. Now I hope that's all of our testimonies today. We put so much emphasis on minor things in life. Which is the most important? Able to make a lot of money in life? Or to hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. Now I know that's a weak amen, but it's something for us to think about. Amen. When I first started preaching, I, I was starting to evangelize. And uh, I had heard, I was raised in a preacher's home, that's all I knew, that's all I had heard. And, and uh, church, I don't know how many times I've been to church, but hearing evangelists come by. And uh, how many has ever heard evangelists tell sad stories? Where you been? I done put some of you to sleep because you're already watching the clock. But... But how many's ever heard an evangelist tell a sad story? How many's ever heard an evangelist tell a scary story? How many's ever heard an evangelist about some rebellious person getting killed in a car wreck, in an accident, in a freak thing that happened? Many times we have heard that. Well, I was I was kind of worried, and I was talking. I don't even know what brought up the subject, but but. Uh, my brother had evangelized and was preaching, and so he was talking to me. He said, you know, these evangelists have a lot of stories. 
But he told me something that I've never forgotten and has ring true in my life. He said, in time, in preaching and evangelizing and in your ministry, eventually you will get your own stories to tell. Sad to say today, I've gotten some sad stories since I've been preaching. I've seen some tragic accidents since I've been preaching. I've got my own stories to tell. I don't have to borrow from other people's stories because I have lived long enough and I've seen sad and tragic things happen in people's lives. So stories are very important in life. How many times have we sat down? And I can remember sitting down. Uh, I remember one elder preacher. Um, he was elder when I was a kid and probably wasn't that old. He was probably about 50 or 55 at that time. But to me, being a teenager, I thought he was ancient of days. But I can remember uh, Brother Triplett sitting down at youth camp uh, there in Missouri and getting everybody in close and and uh, all the kids would sit around uh, and listen to him tell stories and and I don't think all these stories was true he had some fictitious people and and they were doing great exploits and all of these great things that they would do and it was talking about the hills of Missouri and how they did this and how they did that and and you know stories kind of grow with time and uh, I was talking to some of the young people the other day, and they'd been talking to Brother Nubbin and Brother Paul and and uh, Brother Stanley and and uh, Brother Mark and Brother Buck and Brother Allen about all these things that they'd done. Some of you others that I may not be calling your name, but all of these exploits that they had. And uh, one of them looked at me and said, "We really don't have any stories. We don't have any stories to tell." We've never done anything. I said, well, some of those things, Brother Charles, Brother, Brother Steve, and, and, uh, I said, some of those things you don't want to have that story to tell. And, uh, said, we never slept out and run on top of the church. I said, no, and don't do it either. We've never hidden the ditches from the cops as they had come by looking for who was storming across the top. I said, no, and don't do it either. Some of those stories, you know, and I said, you know the things about stories are, stories grow with time. How many has ever heard a big hunting story? And I, I've, I, a big fish story. A fish grows after you catch it. The biggest, the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest growth spurt that a fish catches is right after you release him right into the water. Or after he bites that hook and he jumps out of that water and he throws that lure, it must have been 15 pounds. Possibly a world record weighing in at a mere 22 pounds and some ounces. So, so stories grow with time, but stories are very important to us. Stories is a part of our life. It's a part of our history. And so we sat down and we tell them stories. And I can remember hearing stories over time about things that had happened and things that have taken place. And we all hear those stories. They are very important to our well-being. They are very important to our development. Amen. You tell your children, and I want to tell you parents, you need to sit down with your children every once in a while, and you need to turn off your cell phone. You need to turn off the video games. 
You need to turn off which is the hot thing right now, clashing clans or clashing clans or whatever that. Because there's no stories in that. And you need to sit down with one another. And you need to talk about the day's events. You need to talk about what's going on in his life or her life or your life or their life. Amen. Amen. And nothing wrong with all of these things in moderation, but I'm, I fear, I fear that the devil has slipped in and caused hindrance in our development of being able to share with one another our stories. We can't even sit down and take time together with each other about talking about something without somebody else calling and we're talking to them. I know I'm human just like you are. And we have these things going on and sometimes we just need to mash, ignore every once in a while and and deal with the situation that is happening now. As I look, I tell you, I, I get I get and I'm going to preach in a little bit. I'm just rambling right now, but I'm going somewhere. As I as I get older our, our newspaper man, I wish he was listening to this broadcast right now. He is absolutely the worst newspaper man I've ever had in my life. And he never delivers the paper at the time. By the time we get the paper, it's not a newspaper, it's a history paper. And so, so, uh, on, on Sunday mornings, you know, I get up early, I like to drink coffee, I like to read my newspaper, and I go to the house of God. I don't read the newspaper since this guy's been delivering it. I might be lucky and get to read it when I get home today if he's got out of bed and delivered it. That's what I got to say about that. But anyway, I, I, I've taken up another habit. My wife don't like this habit because she said it puts me in a, in a, a mood. And, and I, I look at pictures. And when I look at pictures, I, I realize how fast time is really slipping away. And it brings me to understand what is real important in life. The vehicles that I had that I thought was my prized possession, they're in a junkyard somewhere. And my children have gotten older. And my face has gotten older. And my body has changed shapes. I know some of you don't deal with that because you hadn't looked in the mirror lately, but honey, it ain't like it was. Amen. Things are changing, but we get so involved with, with what we have now till we, we major on minor things. What I can get, what I can have, what, what this is going to, and, and how much fun I can have doing this, and we miss the whole time of just stopping and smelling the roses along the way. Amen. Our children are prized possessions that God has blessed us with. Amen. You that have teenagers and, and toddlers may not believe that right now, but what is man when he gets to the end of the journey and there's nobody there to show his successes to? There's nobody to give them to where they can fight over it after you're gone. I tell you what, mine's going to be highly disappointed because I'm going to run out of money and time at the same time. And I'm going to leave them nothing to fight over because I don't want any arguments in my 
family. I'm going to spend it all, and I'm going to enjoy in doing it. Amen. When I get, when I get older and retired, I'm going to hang a sign on the back of my motorhome. I am spending my children's inheritance, and I'm going to leave them with the balance to pay this thing off when I die. That's the way I feel about that. But I want them to know that in time of life, I, I, I found something very disturbing to me the other day. Is me and, and uh, Terry and Tony went fishing. And uh, we were driving to the lake, and it was early in the morning, and, and uh, they were awake, uh, amazingly enough, and we were talking, and, and one of them, I can't remember if it was Terry or Tony, said, you know, said, this, is, this was just a month ago, said, uh, you know, this is the first time we've been fishing together this year. And something hit me like a ton of bricks and says, what? Where's your priorities? Where's your priorities? I've done a lot of things this year. I've been a lot of places this year. Amen. But all of us can testify to the fact, how many times have we stopped and took the time to just major on the important things in life? Amen. Amen. Your children, your children, these young people, every one of these young people are very important. To us. They're important to this church. They're important to you. Somebody's going to have to take care of us one day. Amen. Amen. One guy said, I heard one man preaching one time, and he said when he gets old, he's going to move in with his children. He's going to live at one of them's house for a month, go to the next one and live with them. He said... They're going to have to because I'm not going to leave. He said, and when they turn their head, I'm going to get the keys off of the counter to their new car. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to jump in that car and I'm going to hold my foot on the brake with one foot and the other foot. I'm going to mash on the gas and I'm just going to melt down those tires. I'm going to run it around the town, run it through the ditch, bring it back and park it in their garage. Dead on empty. He said, then I'm going to go to the next house. I'm going to eat everything they got in the cabinet. I'm going to leave all the dirty dishes out. I'm going to dirty about four sets of clothes every day that I'm there. I'm just going to enjoy life because that's what they've done to me. Amen. So I want to tell you today, we better, we better take time with one another. Husbands, take time with your wife. Let me say that very clearly because I don't think you heard me. Husbands, take time with your wife. Wives, take time with your husbands. The job is not that important. Amen. Quit griping and fussing at each other all the time. Praise God. That's good. I told you I had a message for you today. Amen. Because if you don't, somebody else will. And you'll get very upset about it. Like one man that caught his wife kissing another man. 
she was, he was very upset. He wanted to fight the man. He wanted to beat the man. He wanted to shoot the man. And his wife said, I don't understand why. You never did. May not be what you come to hear this morning, but it's the truth anyway. Amen. 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 We need to major our on, on the, the great things in our life that God has blessed us with. Amen. The Scripture said that Jacob, when he was a dying, still had a blessing to give in the New Testament. But I want to read you and uh, read this to you from Genesis chapter 48. It talks about how that Joseph heard that his father was sick. And so Joseph gathered his two sons together, and they went to see Israel. And when they got there, we find that Jacob began to talk to them, and he began the first thing that he did. He did not tell them about all of his wealth. He did not tell them about where all the money was hid out. He did not tell them about all of his great exploits that he had in life that made him famous. But the immediate thing that he went to, he went to telling Joseph and his sons about the day that he spent at Luz. Amen. And he heard the Almighty God. And he had a visitation from the Lord. And he said in verses 3 and 4, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the day in the land of Canaan. And he blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee faithful, fruitful, and multiply thee. And I will make thee a multitude of people. And I will give this land to thy seed after thee in an everlasting promise. Amen. I want to tell you today, he wasn't talking about all the places that he had been. But he said, I remember the day that I had a visitation from God. I remember the day that he come down and he spoke to me. Amen. I have some stories and I still have a blessing to give. Are we as people still holding to the promises of God? Some of these promises Jacob never got to see brought to pass in his lifetime. But he still believed that God, what he had promised, he was also able to bring to pass. You know where he got that spirit? You know where he got that burning sensation in his soul? It was passed down from Abraham to the next generation and passed on to the next generation. The Scripture said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. I want to tell you if there's anything that we ought to be able to leave our children, it's a rich heritage in this Word of God. It's a rich heritage in the church of God. Amen. Amen. Leaning upon his staff, he still had a word. He still had a story. How many times do you think Joseph 
And his two sons had heard about the story of Luz and God visiting him. He said, I know it's about my time to exit this world. But have I told you? How many has ever been around an elderly person? If you sit there very long, they'll tell you the same story over and over and over and over again. Did I ever tell you about such and such? Why? Because it's something that's burning in their spirit. It's something that's real to them. It's something that means something to them. Amen. Nobody else in the family it mean anything to. Amen. But Jacob said, let me tell you one more time about what happened to me on that day. I wonder how many parents have ever sat down and talked with your teenagers and told them about the night you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, son, what happened to me. Let me tell you, daughter, what went on in my spirit. Let me tell you about what I felt. Let me tell you about the visitation that I had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if we're not careful, it's about... Man, let me tell you about the automobile that I had when I was a teenager. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about that deer that I killed. Oh, he comes slipping through the woods. We know every detail. There's nothing wrong with this. It's stories. It's good to hand down. We have every detail. Amen. He, he tripped on a twig right there. And when he stumbled and turned his head, I draw my bow back. And all of a sudden, he looked the other way and I let the arrow fly. And it was true and it hit him. And there he is hanging on the wall right there. I got the evidence right there. He was mine. I knew I had him. Oh, my heart was pounding. Amen. But have we ever been to the place where we said, man, let me tell you in this Word of God, the day and the hour and the moment that I was sitting there and it was a revelation, it was like a light that came on in my mind and in my spirit and I got a revelation. I'd heard it talked about. I'd heard it preached about. I'd heard it discussed. But all of a sudden I got a revelation of who Jesus really is. Hallelujah, I could hit the ball so far. Amen. Stories grow when you, when you're, when you, as you get older. Amen. I could jump so high I had to worry about bumping my head on the basketball goal. But you don't leave, put in there it was a four foot goal. Amen. I, I could do this. I could shoot them so straight. There's times I had games that it just, I couldn't miss. I couldn't miss. It didn't matter who was trying to guard me. Nobody could guard me. Amen. But we failed to tell the important things. I remember the night when it happened. I remember the day when it happened. I remember the feeling that I got. I remember the understanding. Hallelujah. 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 Stories and blessings. Before I give you a blessing, I've got to have a story. You've got to have experience. You have had to have experienced it before you can share it. You have to have been there before you can pass it on down. If it's not yours, you have no right to give it away.
If it's not something that you have held so dearly. Oh, I wish somebody would get a hold of this this morning. I wish you could preach with me just for a few moments. I wish you could feel my my burning desire in my spirit this morning. This has been on my mind and on my heart. It's part of me. Amen. What 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 do we have to transfer to the next generation? Spirits and attitudes follow. Generational curses are for real. The Scripture plainly tells us that the generational curse shall pass from the second into the third, even unto the fourth generation. Bad attitudes, bad spirits, bad mouth, bad habits. Amen. They keep transferring. But we need to turn the tide on the, de- on the devil. Good attitudes, good spirits, good conversations. Good Holy Ghost moves. Good church. It transfers from one generation to the next generation. You know why First Pentecostal Church is still going strong today? It's because there was a generational transfer. There was somebody that said, I've got a story. And with that story, I've got a blessing. This is the way you live for God. This is the way you serve God. This is the way you pray to God. This is the way you worship God. This is the way you stay faithful. To God, this is the way that you live for God. Hallelujah! 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 Amen. You see, when Joshua started out. And they were crossing Jordan River. God gave him a plan. But God did not give him the word about the stones until they had already crossed over Jordan. He said, And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, And all the Israelites passed over by dry ground until all the people were passed clean over. They were all over the Jordan River. That's in Joshua 3 and 17. Then we skip to Joshua 4 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, After what? After all the people had clean passed over Jordan, the Word of God spoke to Joshua. God said, you need to always remember this story. Take you twelve men out of every, out of all, out of the people. Excuse me. Take you twelve men out of the people. Out of every tribe a man. It is important that every family... Some of you are trying to live on grandpa's and grandpa's experience. But it's important that every family... A man of every tribe go down, he said, 
and take and, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan. I want you to go to the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the feet, the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Where do I want you to get the stones? I want you to go in the midst of Jordan, where the priest's feet stood firm. A lot of people get upset about the preacher. Why can't he give in on this? Why can't he do this? Why can't he do that? Why do we not do this? Why do we not do that? But it was important that in the current and the swelling of Jordan, that the Lord makes reference to the fact that the priests went and they stood firm as the water was moving across. They stood firm. And he said where the priest stood, if the priest did not stand, there was no foundation to gather rocks from. I want to tell you today where you're going to get a firm foundation is in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't send me a preacher. That's a... Hallelujah. Don't give me somebody with the jellyfish spine, but tell me what the Word of God says. That's where I'm going to get a foundation. Now, now hear this. He said, get the stones from the midst of Jordan, where the priest's stood, feet stood firm. And where do you take them to? I want you to carry them with you to the place where you lodge tonight. I want you to get them in the house with you. Now I'll tell you tonight, today, if you crucify the preacher and you carry him home with you in the wrong way, me or him or any other minister of the gospel, Brother Duplissy, you carry them home with you. I don't like that. Ah, that was unnecessary. That was foolish. That was, that was crazy. Joshua, what in the world is he doing? What about these stones? What is it about the rocks? This man, he's got rocks in his head for brains. What's going on with him? He said, I want you to take that stone and I want you to take it to your house. I want to tell you today, the ministry better be the most important thing in your home. Oh, that's about 50% of you. If it's not, if it is not, if it is not, listen to me, what's going to happen? That generational curse will continue to go on. And it will continue to destroy. You see these young people up here? Now, I know I can't walk on water. But whatever you do when you get home, don't tell them I can't walk on water. I know I'm not the greatest person in the world, but parents, please don't tell them I'm not the greatest person in the world or I'm not the greatest preacher in the world. 
Amen. I want you to carry it in your home. You've got to have a firm foundation. Amen. Don't let it be said. I didn't agree with Brother Duplissy when he was a preacher. I didn't agree with him when he was a pastor. I withstood him when he was a pastor and I'm still withstanding. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a generational curse. And when it comes time to give a blessing to your family, there's going to be no blessing to be given out. Amen. That wasn't in my notes, but that was still good anyway. Amen. Amen. Where the feast, the feet of the priests stood firm. Where they stood. Amen. It was a time. How many seen the water yesterday? You see any water rushing through culverts, going down creeks? Amen. That's a reason why it was in the, important for those priests to stand there and stand firm until the children of God passed over. If the preacher don't stand firm, church, amen, if the preacher don't take a stand, church, where is that going to leave all the rest of us? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to your family? Amen. I take great responsibility. Amen. I, I promise you, I promise you, there is times where I, I just sit and I think about the unbelievable responsibility. And I want, you to tell, I want to tell you this, before you cast judgment on a situation, put yourself in my place. Because not any one of you is going to have to stand before judgment for me. But I'm going to stand before judgment to give an accountable report of what you did. He ought to run them off. I'd kick them out of the church. Yeah, and what am I going to do when I get to judgment? He ought to just give them the what for. They're rebellious. They need, we need to excommunicate them. I don't like this situation. Yeah. But what about, what about, what about when I stand before God? And God would have said, it's because you did not have patience. It's because your personal opinion. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I've got to give an account. And I'm going to do whatever I can to save everybody that I can. To where when I get up there, I can say, God, I've done everything that I possibly could. I've done everything that I possibly can. The waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the Lord. Before the ark of the Lord. I've always thought, man, God opened this up just where His people could go through. But it wasn't for just His people. It was for the glory of God. When it passed over Jordan. It did not say about the people passing over Jordan. When it, speaking of the ark of God. 
speaking of the priest of God that were carrying the ark of God, which is a representation of the power and the glory of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost, until it had passed over. And when it had got over, he said, hey, I want you to go back where the glory was. I want you to go back where the power was. I want you to go back where the ark was. I want you to go back where the priest was standing firm. And I want you to get a stone that you can remind your children that when they come by and they see these stones, they will ask, what mean ye these stones? And you can tell them what God has done in this place. Somewhere in generational gaps, There was a trip that was missed to go by the place where they stayed that night and show them the pile of rocks. It became just a monument that meant nothing. It became just a piece of the landscape. It became something that was so normal to everybody's sight that it was nothing spectacular when you walked by you'd say daddy what's those stones and they'd stop and said let me tell you son what happened here i remember i remember the day just like it was yesterday man the priest stepped into the water And they put both feet in the water. And they were holding the ark of God. And all of a sudden, dry ground appeared. Tell me about it. Did that really happen, Daddy? Oh, yes, son. You should have been there. It was an amazing, it's the most incredible thing that I'd ever seen in my life. I'd been in the wilderness. I'd seen all the miracles in the wilderness. But God stopped the water. And then He told us, I was one of those men, son, that went down into the midst of Jordan where the feet of the priest stood firm. And I picked up that rock I can remember. I didn't want a little rock. I wanted the biggest rock that I could post possibly holding my arms and I struggled up there and he said I want you to take it where you stay the night at and I want you to put it up for a memorial and a, a memorial before God and he said there they are son but somewhere that young man did not have the story to tell his children because it didn't happen to me I didn't see it happen. But the Scripture told them, God was warning them way back in Deuteronomy, chapter 8 and verses 10 through 14. He said, When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt be blessed of the Lord thy God, for the good land which had thee given to thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping His commandments, and His judgments, and His statues, which I commanded thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thou herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold multiply, and all that thou hast multiply it, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord.
which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Be careful. I want to warn you ahead of time. It's going to be easy when there's no battle, when there's no enemy, when there's no struggle, when there's no fight. It's going to be easy when the church is paid off, when you got a good job and you got health and strength, that you would forget God who gave it to you. I can see this man, the son of the grandpa, as he's walking by with his children. And he walks by and his son says, Daddy, what's that pile of rocks right there? Ah, you know it's an old story. Something that happened years ago. You know, it's... But tell me what happened, Daddy. What, what was it like? What, what do they mean? Why is that pile of rocks just out there in the middle of nowhere? How did they get there? Well, you know, I, I can't remember what all happened. I can't remember just how it took place. But I remember, I remember my daddy telling me something about Joshua. You, you remember Joshua? He, he had this great idea of when they crossed over coming to this place where we live at you know, they got a bunch of rocks out of the middle of the river and piled them up there. And they walk on. Thirty years down the road, the great-grandson comes by with his son. And he walks by the rocks. And his son looks and says, Daddy, what's that pile of rocks right there? You know... I really, I really can't even remember what they're there for. It's just, I don't know. It's, you know, I know it's a big, twelve big stones. It looks odd to me just out here in the middle of nowhere. But for the life of me, I can't remember what they're there for, son. Probably, probably, no big deal. Thirty years down the road. The great-great-grandson walks by with his son. By this time, weeds have grown over. Trees have taken root. And they walk by, and they never notice. There's a monument built for the honor and the glory of God. No story. No blessing. No experience, nothing to hand to the next generation. Because something so important and something that we should never forget has been forever forgotten. How did that church get there? Some of you, some of us, don't even know how it got here. We just showed up one day. Does anybody in here remember selling donuts? I was looking through some old records the other day and found in the filing cabinet where the trustees of the church signed the note for the church that was built that burnt 
back in, what was it, 72, 73, somewhere in there. The note was a whopping $1,600 a month. Our light bill's more than that. Our insurance is more than the note was a month. But they were selling donuts. They were selling peanut brittle. Anybody, anybody a witness to that? Have you all passed by the way of all the earth? Anybody remember that? Anybody can remember that? Brother Duplissy said being a nervous wreck at the first of every month, wondering how he is going to pay the note and the insurance. Be careful. That church is no longer here but a new church due to the work that was performed on that church has built this church. And now we take it very lightly till we dishonor the house of God. People can take for granted the house of God. Just a place. Muddy boots, muddy shoes, chewing gum, spitting gum on the parking lot. Until if we're not very careful, church, what happens to the next generation? Daddy, tell me about the good old days. Well, I can remember, son, something about... Ah, it's not even worth going to. But I want to talk to everyone here this morning for a few moments that's under the age of 50 and less. I want to talk to you for a few moments. Do you have a story to tell your children? Have you ever come out of the prayer room drunk on the Holy Ghost? Have you ever been slain in the Spirit? Until you were passed out on the floor, not from exhaustion, from shouting, but under the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever been toted out of the church because you were speaking in other tongues? And you was too drunk on the Spirit of God to even drive home? Have you ever lingered around the church Praying for hours. How many of you have ever been in an all-night prayer meeting? Not a sleeping meeting, but a prayer meeting with the glory and the power of the Holy Ghost. I have heard it said, many of you are here today of the revival back years ago with Ver- Verbal Bean, Brother Verbal Bean. That over a hundred people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? Has anybody in here under 50 ever been in a hundred soul revival? Shamelessly, I must admit, I've never been part of one. But I know this, one day I'm going to keep the faith. One day I'm going to keep the strength. One day I'm going to keep telling the stories to where one day I'm going to have the story to relate to my children. 
Some of you under the age of 50, you want your children in the prayer room. But Lord, help me, I can't get you there. Can't even stay 30 minutes, let alone an hour in prayer. We're too busy. We're too busy. The stones mean nothing. How many has ever been in a revival? I done lost to old folks now. How many has ever been in a revival where it was seven nights a week? When I first started preaching, I had one message. Went there for one Sunday morning, wound up preaching seven nights a week for four nights, four weeks. I was out of things to say. You might wish I'd run out this morning, but I got plenty to say. And now if we put an extra... Sir, well, excuse me, but a Wednesday night is no longer important to us anymore. But Lord, have mercy. Don't let the church quit having church on Wednesday night because you'd talk about it to no end. But it's no need for me to be there on Wednesday night. I know you get sick. I know you have work. I know you go on vacation. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about when you're sitting at home with no excuse other than I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm, i got to work tomorrow. What are you giving your children? If you skip Wednesday night, they're certain to skip Sunday night. But if I had seven nights a week, Brother Looper has lost his mind. He is, he's tripped out. He's fell off of his rocker. What's wrong with the man? He's crazy. He's loony. Having church in the tent, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In the rain, come on, man. What's wrong with this guy? We've got to, the reason why I had to do that, we've got to have some stories to tell. We've got to have some experiences. We've got to have something to pass to the next generation. Praying in the altars till early in the morning. Just praying until God sends a breakthrough. How many have ever seen anybody healed? From sickness in their body. Amen. I've got some stories to tell. I've seen broke arms healed. I've seen wounds healed. Amen. Just Friday night, a little boy fell off of the bed. Amen. From Stuttgart. Could not see. He said he went blind for about 30 minutes. Preachers gathered together and we prayed. They called in about 30 minutes and said he can see fine. Nothing's wrong with him. Amen. We got stories to pass down. God has not lost His power. The church is not going under. The church is not on its way out of here. It's not going to stumble. It's not going to fall. We're going to stay victorious. But we've got to have something to give to the next generation. Stories and blessings. 
Some of us has forgotten we was a dirty, rotten, low-down sinner when God picked us up out of the miry clay and put our feet upon a rock to stay. Some of us was worthless and God saved us. Some of us had no connection to Pentecost and God saved us. Some of us had no direction in life and God saved us. Some would be alcoholics and drug addicts today, but God saved us. He said, be careful when you are eaten and are full. And yes, you're living in houses that you built yourself, but it was only by the blessings and the mercy and the grace of God. Don't forget it. Don't forget who gave you the job. Don't forget who gave you the car. Don't forget who gave you the ability. Don't forget who gave you the blessings. If it was not for the young people today, the front of this service, this church at worship service, save a few, would be the deadest place in the world. Some of you fuss, bellyache because I spend so much time with the young people. If I wasn't in the prayer room with them, you sure wouldn't be in the prayer room with them. If I wasn't meeting them for prayer, I wonder if they'd know how to pray sometimes. I'm trying to transfer stories and blessings to the next generation. Come on, couples. Come on, 50 and under. You've got to get under a load of the Spirit of God and realize there's more things important than just the things that we possess in life. This message, this message, this message means everything in the entire world to me. Amen. If my kids are never successful in life, let them know this Word. Let them stay faithful to this Word. Let them stay true to this Word. Let them stay dedicated to this holiness, one God, apostolic, tongue-talking message. Let them know how to worship. Let them know how to pray. Let them know how to feel after to the Spirit of God. Let them know what it is to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What's these stones about, Daddy? What's them one or two people still in the prayer room screaming and beating on the walls? What's that about? That's yesteryears. That's what happened a long time ago. A long time ago they thought they could do that. But now, you know, we got, we got lights and we got strobe lights and we got guitars and we got 
bass and we got organ and we've got piano and we got singers, man, and we we even got our dancers now and we've really we've really become something great. We appeal to all men. I want to tell you this truth has been preached to all men, and all men have an opportunity to embrace the truth, but never will all men embrace the truth. The truth will be offensive to some till the day they die. But we got to keep on preaching the truth. Stories and blessings. Stories and blessings. Let's go back in time to where our lives evolved around the church. Let's go back to the time. Y'all going to be glad to hear Brother Atkins tonight. I can already tell. Let's go back to the time to where if something's going on in the church, just count me in. Something's happening at the church, brother. I'm part of it. If it's going on, it must be good. Let's do it all together. If there's work going on, let's work. No, but we hire one to do this and hire one to do that and hire one to do this. And God has blessed us. Stories and blessings. It's amazing to me that, and I'm I'm closing, give you hope today. It's amazing to me of all the exploits that Jacob did, Israel did. When Joseph and his sons came when he was a dying, His mind went right back to his experience with God. I've been by the bedside of those who were dying, saints of God, that was faithful to God. They wasn't worried about the house that they built. They wasn't talking to me about the vacations that they had. He wasn't talking about their latest automobile. Ooh, I remember that church service. You remember that time such and such happened? Man, we worshipped and we shouted and we praised God. I seen a man get killed one day under a tree. A tree was cut down on him. Before he passed from this life, he lived a few hours. When we run to the base of the tree, 
where it had flattened him. We started praying immediately. He was unconscious. He didn't know what had happened. You know, he was a great hunter. Liked to fish. He didn't say, I want one more fishing trip. Remember that deer that I killed? But immediately when we started praying for him, he started speaking in a heavenly language. You say, oh, it was shock. He was in, no, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What really matters in life, church? The Scripture said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. If I gain the whole world and I lose my girls and I lose your boys and girls, what does it profit me? What does it profit me? There's those that have walked away from the truth that are no longer with us today. I lay on my bed at night thinking, what else could I have done, God? What can I do, God? to transfer what You've given me to the next generation. If they could ever feel what I felt, if they could ever know what I know, if I could ever tell the story where they could experience what I've experienced, they would never walk away from this glorious truth. If some way I can tell the story long enough and interesting enough and inviting enough where I can get Tammy and Tiffany and Terry and Tony to ever feel it just one time. All you got to do is feel it one time. It's something you can't walk away from. What are you doing up here in worship service, Brother Looper, trying to get everybody involved, trying to get the men involved, trying to get young people to worship, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you a story. I'm trying to give you a blessing. I'm trying to transfer something that has been given to me. I think about Brother McDaniel preaching, pastoring for 40 years. The transfer of those who have been touched by his ministry. Brother Duplissy preaching, pastored for, is it 47 years? People in heaven tonight because these men were able to transfer the blessing. When our dear sister Baldry passed away recently, Brother Baldry, she wasn't talking about all of her great exploits in life. She was talking about teaching Sunday school. She was talking about witnessing to the lost. 
This is talking about sharing this, this gospel. Come on, church. Why don't we all just stand and make our way to this front right now? I'm already five minutes over what I told you. I do apologize for that. But I do not apologize for the message from God that I had to give to you today. Help us, Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would just raise your hands right now. I wish somebody, some mama or daddy would get under a burden of what I feel in my spirit today. I wish you could reconnect with the power and the glory of God. That these little things in life don't matter. They don't amount to anything. Our little disappointments, our little hang-ups, our little, our little trouble, our little strife, it's nothing when it comes to the glory and the power of God. I'd rather my children be in the house of God than in the White House. I'd rather my children be in the house of God than in the Senate. I'd rather my children be in the house of God than the president of some major corporation. I'd rather my children be in the house of God than to be sitting on easy street today and be successful in life. Although you can be in the house of God and be successful, but you must always have your priorities straight. I know I've preached myself out of your ability to respond today due to time. Amen. But before we leave and before we dismiss from this place, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice. I want you to open your heart just one time, just for a moment today. God, I've got to have a story. God, at the end of the road, I must have a blessing to give to my family.